Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of Author News Weekly, uh, the weekly podcast featuring authors digging into the news, overthinking it, so you can use your powerful and well, your powerful brain cells to uh, focus on your writing. With me today, we've got um, Pippa, Jim, and Nick. And uh, and when we go around the, the little virtual room here, just give somebody, everybody a brief reason of uh, why you're on the show and why they should uh, listen to us. Um, how about uh, Nick? Let's start with you. Well, we're authors and we are reading the news so you don't have to. That's why you should listen to us. <laughs> Pippa. Um, I'm also an author and I'm also reading the news, uh, but I also do ghostwriting for other authors. So I've dipped my toe in a, a ton of different genres. And... Great. Jim. Uh, I'm Jim Heskett. I'm an author and I'm on the show because it was my idea and I pitched it to <laughs> Nick. So he kind of had to include me. <laughs> Accurate, actually. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I'm Roland Denzel, and uh, I'm a. I think I'm the only one here that's primarily a nonfiction author, and um, yeah, and also like try to help other point other authors in the in the direction to, uh, to just like the show, focus on what they should be focusing on, and sort of disregard the rest. So, um, thank you for having us. Thank you for all, all for listening, and uh, let's dive into the news. Um, I mean, we've got some interesting ones uh, today. Um, one of them is something that I'm very passionate about. It's author platform. And um, the last couple of weeks, a couple of um, big name authors, and the, the one that's most recent to me is uh, was Russell Noelty. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I'm pretty sure I got Russell right. Um, his, uh, he, you know, he's been on Facebook for like 15 years. And... Um, Suddenly, flip of a switch, everything was gone. And, you know, that kind of thing can be hard to recover from that. And he wrote a very passionate um, bunch of emails. And, um, yeah, what do you think about this? Yeah, the the idea that it wasn't uh, you need to go through some channels to get your account back. It was like everything got wiped. Like, fair enough. Everyone gets into a a cycle once in a while where like you need to log in to get the code or you need the code to log in and okay fine systems are complicated that stuff happens but getting completely banned and wiped without any reason was intriguing to me yeah i mean there we don't have all the details I and mean, <clears throat> yeah um, I, we've linked in the show notes to his uh, substack email and but it seems like he you know something he was running some amazon ad, on some amazon ads some facebook ads and there was some sort of a problem that got flagged and they probably wanted some sort of response from him but at the same time he got logged out of his out of facebook so then he couldn't get back in to get those secret codes that you need for two-factor authentication and um apparently like too long without a response and facebook just decided to delete his account yeah. yeah, and it, for people who have never had an ad flagged on Facebook before, it can happen for all sorts of different reasons. Like at one point, I had a character 
with face paint on and Facebook's uh, algorithms identified the face paint as her smoking a cigarette. Hmm. And so it got flagged because you can't have people smoking in ads. And like that wasn't what was happening. It's just things get flagged and need to be escalated. And so this doesn't mean that Russell did something wrong in the ad um, for those listening. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it can be somebody who... Um... I'm not going to say you're an arch enemy or your nemesis, but somebody can, you know, can can report you or a fan can report you that they don't like something you said, they don't like that genre, they don't like what you don't like your book, and then face, enough of those, Facebook will uh, hey ask you some questions, and it sounds like maybe something like that could have happened. Yeah, Jim, it, it's frightening to think that you could put a lot of effort into building up a following on a platform and then they can just take it all away. And I'll let Nick give the speech about not not building on rented land, but, um, you know, I, I think the, the problem here is if this could be really, really bad, if you're using social media for the wrong reasons, hmm. um, you know, I think if you're an author, there are right ways to use social media and there are wrong ways. The wrong way is to use it as your primary means of communication with any of your fans. Uh, the right way is to use it as supplemental communication with your fans. And the right way is to use it as a primary means of getting people onto your email list. If that's how you're using social media, then you're doing it fine. Because if I, I have a, you know, I have a pretty decent number of Facebook followers. And if they went all went away tomorrow, I would be bummed, but it wouldn't kill my career because I have way more people on my email list. You know, I have many times more in my email list than I do Facebook followers. And I don't put all that much energy into building Facebook followers. I use Facebook for mostly for sharing book memes uh and my my followers like that kind of stuff and so i want to show up in their feed on a regular basis so they see my name so they remember me so the next time they get an email from me they go oh yeah that's jim i never want them to get an email and go wait who is that because i always want to stay top of mind and that's what i use social media for if i i don't use it you know the does social media sell books is the wrong question because, you know, no, it doesn't sell books. It does for rare people. There are outliers out there who are able to use it to do incredible things and sell all kinds of books. But I don't think that's why you should be using it. So if your account goes away, it shouldn't be a career killer. Yeah. I really like the way you're using it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I this is a, a reminder, though, don't build on rented land. Download your email <laughs> lists from wherever you have them hosted because... <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think that's something that people, um, I had a, one of my um, author, another author friend had his entire list on MailChimp on the free version. And of course you don't get support with the free version. And one day he tried to log in and it was, and his account was gone. He's logged out and he couldn't get any support from them. He tried tweeting, tried Facebook messenger, all these things. And like, he just finally had to start from scratch because like, he feels like he's never going to get that list back and he had not downloaded it. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, speech time. Two people. No, that was all that was all pretty well covered. And uh I mean, nothing to say other than don't build on rented land. Um or or if you do, don't have that be the only land you own. Um or are share cropping on, whatever <laughs> the analogy. Um I, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced this happened. Um I mean it happened like he's not on Facebook and he just has a new account. I'm friends with him. Um I'm not convinced that they deleted the account. I don't. I don't think that's really how it works. 
Um, I feel like this would be something we would hear about a lot more if Facebook was just nuclear, you know, bombing people. If just because they couldn't log in, I think he's just gotten locked out. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back in full mm -hmm. force. Yeah, that's definitely that is definitely possible. Um, I had a, a friend who s said her account was deleted, and I said, "Well, can you just go in and?" just try to log in with the same information you did before. And eventually she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then like there was a button in there, like reactivate your account. Right. And, and, and all of right. those things were there. So that, I mean, it's very possible that, you know, like I, I've also known people who have been like said they were banned from Facebook and there's no button there to, to re-enable your account. So there, yeah. it could appear totally appear to be deleted. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not, uh, just move away from Russell for a moment. Cause I'm not talking about him specifically, but there is definitely an, on the author community, this sense of, well, X happened. And therefore, the only plausible explanation is the worst possible scenario. And I'm just, I choose to live a little bit more optimistically than that. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm not, what? again, I'm not accusing him of doing this, but I just, <laughs> really? Like, authors? <laughs> authors do that? <laughs> oh, which part of what we're laughing at? That authors are like that or that Nick's optimistic? Oh, uh, yeah. Both, so actually. if I say I'm optimistic, imagine, you know, how I am, all these other people. Um, no, I mean, I am optimistic. I, I mean, I can be optimistic and still say fuck Amazon every day, right? Like, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I'm optimistic that something will be better than Amazon here pretty soon. So nice. I don't know. I'm just, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a glitch. It's a bug, probably. Um, they don't want to acknowledge that it is. They don't, you know, every, everything is automated with these companies, you know. So if there's um, uh, any, any human in the system at some point, they're going to find it. And if he wants to, he can keep fighting and probably get it back. But I just don't think they're like, well, you couldn't log in a few times. So blow it up. You don't exist anymore. That just seems a little. Hmm. Yeah. Well, how, Nick, how, I, I mean, I see you've been at pretty active on, on Facebook recently. Um, and that's really, I'm, you know, for me, I'm like mostly active on Facebook and Instagram. And I kind of, you know, I have a presence in other places, but I don't really do, do much with them. Um, Nick, how do you use the social media in a smart way? It's it's all it's all outposts to me, right? Like the website is my home base, the email list is my home base. I own those things. I have full control over those things. Everything else is great. It's all just gravy. But if I start pretending like either any of those outposts, Twitter, Insta, TikTok, whatever, is my main business, I, you know, the, yeah, something's going to happen <laughs> at some point. It's not going to be at some point you know, it, it might go away and it might not be an, in something I can control. Yeah. Um, that's generally how I approach Amazon as well, you know, which is ironic considering I, like a lot of authors, am exclusive to Amazon, but that's just eBooks and it's just in English. And so I've been really pushing translations in different formats and then different formats of English books, audio is huge. So I think there are ways to be quote unquote exclusive to Amazon. Um, and any other service like, you know, Facebook or whatever, like there's Facebook is an outpost to me that looks a certain way and feels a certain way. and has a certain voice and vibe and tone that's not going to translate over to TikTok. So I'm going to build it differently than I do mm -hmm. TikTok or YouTube or whatever. Right. Um, but it's not ever going to be my core business. Yeah. But I think I, okay. I mean, generally speaking, building a brand online might, uh, and I'm totally ripping this off from a, uh, 
Alex Ramosi, who's got a YouTube channel. He's a, he built a bunch of gems and stuff. He's a you know, millionaire now. Um, but he, he likes to say this, do something and then talk about it. Um, and he's kind of talking to in, the influencer crowd, like the people who just want to get on TikTok and start talking. They haven't done shit, right? They haven't done anything yet or earn it, you know? And so that's in some way kind of the same approach I take with Facebook. Like I'm not going to just talk. I'm not going to just, you know, try to produce, you know, vapid content, right? Or whatever. Like it's going to be, I, I want to back that up with something. So like, hey, I've written all these books. Now let me talk about the books. Hey, I've done this course. I've mm -hmm. built this course. Let me go talk about the course. That's how to use social media, right? Um, but when you make social media the content, it can go away. And and it does go away. Rant over. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I, I listened to a podcast. Um, it was, um, gosh, Tim Ferriss podcast. And I only listen to, I don't listen to all of them, but I listen to s s selected ones. And he had James Clear on a while back. And James Clear said some really smart things. I really like his book, Atomic Habits. But he talked about how he's got a huge following on on Twitter. And he, but he talks about how he doesn't just go tweet things. He created he created a book. He interviewed a bunch of people in creating the book. He got interviewed by people in, in creating the book. He got interviewed by people after the book. So there's all these things. So he has tons uh, and he wrote tons and tons and tons of blog posts that were related to his topic. And then he uses all that content. And then he talks about those things that he's done and people have done with him on social media. And he said that that's that, that that's the secret. And that's what a lot of um, not just authors skip, but a lot of people skip when they're trying to make it make social media their thing. Right? It's easy to skip, right? Because the social media part, as we now well know, is a very, very big job. And so people want to skip to just doing that. I'm not saying it's easier at all. But it's certainly easier to um, conceptualize putting content on Facebook if that's all you have to do every day, right? But I'm saying just like you're saying, no, you got to do the other stuff first. And that's a full time job, at least. And then you have to go figure out which outpost you want to use, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all of them, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. And so yeah. what ends up happening is the people who focus all on the content, they write all these books, and they never get on Facebook, or they get on Facebook, and they go, Hey, I have a book. And everyone's like, who the hell are you? Right? Like, they're just <laughs> not, they, they haven't built this, uh, this relationship on that outpost for for any length of time. It's hard. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah. And you People get right. like Gary V who show up and just talk really, really loud and like general, like fuckery, uh, language and like, you know, have a whole team of people doing shit for him. And then he pretends like it's just him logging on to TikTok all the time. Yeah. I'm Turn sure he's a great guy. Otherwise. Turning the volume up to 11. Yeah. Pippa, how do you use social media? Uh, I regularly forget about it <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, log on to my personal account and see memes that people are posting. And then think, oh my god, I should be posting more on my author page, and then I don't. So, yeah. Great. It's yeah. it's not the best strategy. I don't recommend it. It's also it not the worst, because, I mean, think yeah, of, I mean, because I don't have you, could also, you could also be wasting a lot of time doing things that <laughs> aren't true. really doing things. And you could be writing, you know, and instead, what are you doing? You're writing. So Yeah, so my, my Facebook page is there. All of them direct people to my website. Perfect. which directs people to my mailing list. And that's kind of perfect. That's it. Yeah, for, for author, I mean, if you're interested, not not you, you three, uh, but, um, but you may be but uh, um, Austin Cleon wrote a really good book called show your work. 
And I think it's sort of like, it's a very easy, approachable little book. I, I recommend, I mean, the ebook version is good, but I really, it's, a, it's like a seven, eight buck book um, on Amazon. And it kind of gives you the, like, I think a little sort of shortcut in what you need to do. Like if you're writing books and you're, or you're doing little projects, like how you can sort of put yourself out there and, and sort of generate some interest um, in a way that's not, um, not smarmy to use, uh, um, to use a, a funny, funny word. <laughs> I think the key to social media to approaching any platform is just to have a plan. Don't post willy nilly. You know, I post on Facebook, on my Facebook page five days a week. And you know how much time I spend doing that? It's about 30 minutes a month. That's all it takes me to get mm. to post the majority of the days. That's all it takes because I have a plan for how I do it. And I just yeah. one day a month, I set aside 30 minutes and execute that plan. And then the whole month is done and ready to go. That's a really good point because I mean, I've noticed that if I have a plan, I can get, I can knock a lot of these things out ahead of time without much of a problem. But if I say, you know, I better post something on Facebook and Instagram today. Here's a picture. What am I going to say? That could take 30 minutes to figure out this thing. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, it's like emotionally and mentally taxing to do that. And then the next 30 minutes is like getting out of that frustration. And so, yeah, pick a time, pick a day, come up with a plan. So you're not just um, winging it. And I think yeah. that's going to be a good way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the show notes, we've got uh, the link to um, Russell's email. And then I wrote something a while back about um, setting up social media outposts and you know, for people who are like. Roland has written one blog post uh, and, and he just really is just pushing this one blog post. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fifth time I've read this blog post. What? It's a good post. I, thank you. It gets the most. I've been like violently Googling, trying to find his other blog post that he's written, and I just can't find it. It's the only one. Well, if you go to my indestructibleauthor.com slash blog, you can see um, quite a few right there. Yeah. No, no. Um, far too simple. But enough about me for, for this <laughs> week. For this week. Um, okay. So next up, it's another, it's sort of related. And a lot of, I've seen a lot of authors super excited about this. And this is the, that, you know, if you go to Amazon and you go to any one of our author pages, there's a big button there that says follow. So somebody can follow us and you get notification in theory, notification when that author comes out with a new book um, or a new pre-release. And suddenly Amazon, they, for years it's been there, but you have no idea how many followers you have. And there were a couple of hacks to get it that weren't perfect. And now, um, suddenly they decided to put it in your author central account and write it there in your dashboard. And, um, you can see how many followers you have. Does this help? No. <laughs> I mean, it can be a nice boost to go in and be like, Oh, like this many people read my books and told Amazon. Yeah. I want to know when this person puts out a new book. Like that's kind of cool. Um, but other than that, I don't think it's much you can base stuff on. Yeah. I think uh, they're very good. The Amazon followers are absolutely worthless. They're worth less than Facebook followers. They're worth less than Twitter. Maybe even, I'm not on TikTok, but they're probably even worth less than TikTok followers. And I think Amazon decided to show you how many followers you have. So you would want to increase the number because increasing the number benefits Amazon. It doesn't really benefit me. I mean, I've got, 
I was surprised the number of followers I have there, but those people aren't buying my books. Cause I think if you go read the article, the help article, Amazon uses tons of hedging language in there. It says these followers can be notified mm-hmm. and Amazon may know there's all that never says that they're going to contact these followers for any reason. It's all interesting. In, it's all, I guess I had figured words. I, so I have Kindle on my phone, like the Kindle app on my phone. And it tells me a couple times a week that books have come out from people I follow. And so I had assumed that was sort of what was going on, but I think there, there are various ways, but I think that Amazon is very quick to, if you don't buy the book or don't click the link, they soon stop showing you the notifications. Hmm. So I've never found anything. I, you know, I've talked to readers who are supposedly on my follow list. They've never seen an email about from Amazon about my books or gotten notifications. I think it's all, it's all just Amazon. I'm nom, nom eating up the data. They just want to know. They just want to collect as much data as they can, and it, whether it benefits the authors, they don't really care. That's a side byproduct if it does. Yeah. Well, I do follow quite a few authors on Amazon, and I'm not sure, like, I may be getting a lot of emails from Amazon, but, like, I don't always see, you know, like, like all of us, you don't always see those kind of emails. You get an Amazon email from Amazon, and you can tell right at a glance that it's a promotional thing, and you're like, oh, I don't need to open that. Like, it's not like it's a you know, an email that you have to open, right? It's not in your inbox or your primary on Gmail. It's like in promotions or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen that, like I follow, for instance, uh, Larry Niven, science fiction author. And every once in a while, I'll get something that says a new book by Larry Niven. And I'll go there and it's, it's a pretty old book by Larry Niven. And they're not. And then you're looking there. Well, there's this other one here that he actually did come out with recently. And they're not telling me about that one. And I searched through my email out of curiosity and like, there was nothing in there. Like, and I don't, it's like, you know, when you have Gmail, you don't have to delete anything for a long time. So like, I don't really delete those emails. I just like leave them to to go into, you know, Gmail, um, the Gmail abyss. And so I can find them. So I found all the other ones, other things by Larry Niven, but nothing about those books that were actually released. And I did want, I would have purchased and I did purchase them at that point, but I had to go to his page and go and see other things. Um, on the other hand, I also follow Lindsay Baroker and I get, I think I get every single notification. So I can, so I don't know, I don't know why they really focus on one author, but not focus on another. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. They'll never tell us. They'll never tell us. No. So, but Nick, so you are experimenting. We saw you and I. We talked. We saw a few people posting about a, an experiment, the, of a way to use these, maybe maybe trigger an effect from these followers. Do you remember? Yeah, and then I forgot to actually test it. Okay. it. So okay. Like, well, we've talked about I it. Figured, I figured. Look, if if I start seeing a bunch of new famous authors because of this system, then you know I'd maybe go back and try to figure it out. But then, of course, it's been crickets. So. I don't think there's any useful, useful use for this. <laughs> so, so the quote unquote hack for those of you who, who don't know what we're talking about is that there's also in your Amazon in your author central account, there's a place for reviews where you can review books or recommend books, I guess, recommend books. And, and there's a little cryptic note there that says, if you recommend three, we may again, hedging their hedging, hedging language, right? We may, um, send an email out with about this recommendation to your, to your followers. 
And so several authors have said, you know, I'm going to try this. And um, yeah, it's not worth my time because I have a, um, a disappointingly small number of followers. And if and to anyone who's listening, don't go pity follow me. Follow me somewhere else. Because <laughs> I agree with Jim that these are basic Amazon followers are benefit Amazon way more than they benefit um, benefit the author. Um, they'd be better off joining their email list, following them on Instagram, you know, finding them on Facebook. Um, yeah. 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 So that's my take on that not worth and i think there's been a lot of you know in the help document as jim Jim pointed out like amazon has a lot of words like here's how you can get more followers right so you know add this to your email signature share it on you know social media invite people to follow you i mean those are all fine but if you're gonna you know waste a, a call to action on something or use a call to action on something i would not necessarily make this the priority i would there's it's way down on the list Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bookbub followers would be a better one, probably. Probably. You can advertise to those people. Yeah. 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 So there's been there's so many benefits to so many other ones, and it's very possible that at some point Amazon will you know, will allow you, but they're going to charge you too. Like, do you want to advertise to your followers? Like, maybe that would be worth it, but um, but at this point, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have time for one more? I think so. We yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I do. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is the, um, this is a fun one. AI, AI writing. It's starting to show up more and more. I mean, it's it's probably been there for a long time, but now it's starting to show up where people are, you know, saying it in their book descriptions that um, this book was written with AI and you know the help of AI on Amazon. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know that it's causing problems. People are acting like it's causing problems. But if you look at this article from, it's from Reuters, um, not exactly a book reporting thing, but it was the, it was the most uh, sort of like, I guess it was, it seemed like scare tactics. It made it sound like it was a terrible problem. But, um, but it, says, it talks about 200 books, which is not in Amazon. <laughs> in the grand scheme of Amazon is like less than a drop in the bucket. Uh, what do you think about these AI books on Amazon? Well, I applaud the people who have the integrity to list ChatGPT as a co-author. Um, <laughs> I think there are probably way more than 200, but those are just the, the people who had enough integrity to say, yes, I used AI help. The problem is the people who are not listing ChatGPT as a co-author and are taking all the credit because how would we know? I don't think Amazon is capable of knowing. Uh, from what I understand, those tools to detect AI are as fallible as the AI itself. Yeah, we've seen that with the you know, Amazon apparently has a, a rule, an unwritten rule. Maybe it's written now about AI book covers, AI art and book covers, mm -hmm. and they were yanking people's books down because they said that this book had AI art in it. But um, yeah, but you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's the, they're saying 200 as opposed when this article was written. Uh, I, I feel like it's probably there's probably thousands that have just been undisclosed. Mm -mm. Pippa, I hear you. Well, I I find the most fascinating book cited in this article to be Galactic Pimp Volume One, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I, I love that that was what they decided to do with Chat GPT was. 
a novella about an intergalactic brothel. Um, what's interesting is, I mean, again, I, and I feel like I harp on this every time we talk about AI, they're talking about a lot of things that have been problems in other contexts. So there's going to be so many books and a lot of authors are going to be out of work. Okay, well, that was the scare tactic about self-publishing. There's going to be too many books. No one will know what to buy. The quality will go down. Like, okay, well, we've seen this before. We've also seen a lot of authors keep selling a lot of books. So I think, yeah, my, my general recommendation is anyone who's looking at this stuff and freaked out about it, just ask yourself if this thing has happened before in another context and turned out fine. Or if you're only worried because this is a new, like, oh, I don't, you know, oh, it's ebooks instead of paperback books. Like, it's, okay, well. <laughs> this has all happened before. It's a new technology, but it's the same situation. Yeah. And it will happen again. Um, well, I think it's interesting um, that the books that they chose, they don't really have very good sales numbers. So like, you know, it's not particular, like it's not like a huge thing to fear. Um, it would have been interesting if they found somebody who was actually doing like really well. Now, of course, the ones that they've shown are like picture books, kids books, things like that. And those are a tough sell on Amazon to begin with. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, so not, I mean, I'm thinking something like novels would just naturally probably have much bigger numbers, but they didn't, they didn't find anybody to interview on one of those. Or what give I'm any sort of sales numbers. Inadvertently going to run into the Unity problem. Now, Unity is a, a game development software. Um, and if you develop a game for f using the free version of Unity, you have to put in the game credits that it was developed with Unity. If you use a paid version, you don't. And so the, the problem was that people started associating Unity with the lower quality games because those were the ones that hadn't paid for the mm. the high class version of unity and the other people didn't have it in their credits and so i'm wondering if that's going to be like there are people using chat gpt and they're not going to say it and so people are going to say oh chat gpt like it's really easy to tell those books apart from other ones and they there's just no way to know um yeah hmm Nick? Yes. <laughs> well said. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, I um, mean, it's, it, I'm not going to say this is like a, it's a big nothing burger. I mean, it's a tool, people, and everybody lost their shit when Grammarly came out and Pro Writing Aid came out. And all the editors were like, oh my God, there goes our jobs. And most of the editors I know are still working. So uh, this is the same thing. Um, it's just really good. So I think it's going to bump up the quality of what authors are able to put out because authors will be able to use this as a tool. And the ones that are trying to cheat the system will eventually be cheated themselves. Confucius. Yeah. yeah. The second article I talked about was, um, I don't know if anyone here reads Clark's world. It's an, a magazine, um, and a science what? fiction. I know. I think it's an online magazine. <clears throat> Maybe they have a cl clever name for it now. That's not just magazine, but um, but but whatever. Pippa's like nodding her head, so she's probably the the actual reader who could tell she's us that. I'm the sci-fi person. Sci-fi person, yeah. But Clark's World had to shut down its submissions because they. I mean, if you look in the, this article, 
that it went from like, you know, they got like 10, 20 submissions a month up to like 500 submissions a month. And they could tell that they were AI. I'm imagining by the quality and then certain themes like um, Neil Clark, the the, pub, the publisher and the editor didn't disclose, said he didn't want to disclose like what the clues were because he didn't want to, to give people a way to sneak past his clues. But um, yeah, but he showed the statistics and it was pretty, you know, it got to be the point where like he just couldn't keep track of like all these submissions. So we just shut them down. Yeah. So I think those are more the kinds of problems that, yeah. Pippa, you look like you were going to say something. No, no. Um, no. Yeah, so um, there were some rumors that people were using it, were submitting to Clark's World, almost like to prove a point that AI was good enough and we they were going to sneak them past the Clark's World editors and they get published and then go, ha, that was AI. You said AI would never be good enough. Um, so some of the nefarious that might've had something to, that might've like bumped up the submissions a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. So I think things like this are more the, the bigger challenges than, I mean, I, I think like we talked about in several weeks past, finding a way to use AI in a way that's comfortable for you to use it in morally and ethically and disclose when it's appropriate to disclose and also, you're going to have to learn to, um, I mean, you don't have to embrace it, but it's coming, right? It's here. And if you don't find a way to work with it, people who do are going to probably pass you over. Especially if you're a new author who's still building their, building their platform to bring it back around to the first one. Yeah. 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 I got nothing more on that. No. I, for one, welcome our looming AI overlords, especially the ones that are writers. And, and good and uh, congratulations on all your new book releases on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't wait until ChatGPT starts getting all the Amazon uh, KU bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon's be like, yeah, well, who cares? Let's go delete some accounts now because, uh, um, you know, these these indie authors are trying to cheat the system. But here you go, ChatGPT. You're a great author. Here's all the bonus money. You're an all star. You're a Kindle. That's what it is. All star. Yeah. yeah, maybe they'll figure out how to make Kindle Vela work. <clears throat> maybe that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening this week. Um, hope we've given you some great things to think about. Now put it out of your head and get back to writing. I'm Roland Denzel, indestructibleauthor.com. Let's, uh, Jim, tell us where they can find you. JimHeskett.com. Excellent. Com. Hippa. Uh, I'm right now on Facebook and Twitter and revising my uh, website. So no blowhole blow blow handle yet? No <laughs> blowhole handle yet. But then you can spout me on blowhole. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm Nick at nickthacker.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll look forward to uh, overthinking the news again next week. Have a great week of writing. Peace. Peace.